Rene Grahalis has had a very successful career leading very large sales teams and ultimately a billion-dollar sales organization. That's billion with a B. He moved up to sales ranks at Iron Mountain and ran multiple sales teams and, and North American teams while there. He ultimately ended up taking on a role running sales at Staples during a time of great turmoil. Maybe you recall they had a failed merger with Office Depot. Uh, horrible morale, sales were dropping. And over a four-year period, Renee and team turned it around in getting sales back to a double-digit growth. And that's where the billion-dollar sales came from, which is very impressive considering that you have Amazon continuing to take share of everything. Now, I often ask my guests about what freedom looks like for them. Well, Renee is living it. He ultimately left the W-2 sales role, left Staples, bought a vacation rental franchise in Fort Lauderdale, and now runs that with his wife and recently pulled in his daughter to assist with some digital marketing. During our discussion, Renee provided some insight about top sales performers that were on his team, uh, their habits, and skills. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the High Tech Freedom Podcast. This is a podcast where we bring successful tech sales professionals, thought leaders, and entrepreneurs to share best practices, insights, and lessons learned with other tech sales professionals. As a sales professional, the more we learn, the more we earn. Once we earn it, how can we put those hard-earned commission dollars back to work to build additional income streams that will create the freedom we are all working to achieve? I'm your host, Chris Freeman. I'm a high-tech sales leader, real estate investor, and lifetime learner. All right, Renee, welcome to the High Tech Freedom Podcast. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Chris. How are you doing? I'm doing good. I wish I was in sunny Fort Lauderdale. I'm sure it's a little warmer there than it is here in Portland, Oregon today. It is a beautiful place to be. They say that life is about choices, and I choose to be here. I love it. I love it. Well, let's jump right into it. Um, so, Renee, you, uh, you, you, and I initially connected. You were a referral through somebody that I knew, and so we got to know each other a little bit. And you have had a successful career in the uh, in the technology space. Uh, one of the companies you worked for was you spent ten years at Iron Mountain in sales management, and then ultimately into an executive role. Uh, 10 years is a long run. I'm just curious, when you reflect back on some of your success, the multiple promotions, what did you learn? Well, in 10 years, I learned quite a bit, Chris. One of the things that, uh, that I learned is that hard work is usually a great way of making sure that uh, you are successful and that you stand out, um, not only for yourself, but also for your team. And when you work hard, on, not only for yourself, but also on behalf of others, they work hard for you. It's a team effort. Um, key lesson I learned, right? Have each other's back. That, that's how you get a great team. Yeah, I'm just curious. So yeah, I, I totally buy you. I've always been kind of a grinder and a hard worker. Um, as you know, as you move higher up into the organization, how does the hard work that you're doing get seen or get noticed by your downstream team? That's a really good question. I think that uh, culture goes a long way. Culture is... Sometimes culture can trump strategy. If you have the right people in the right seats and they have the right motivation, uh, you, you can do anything. So when you get higher up, 
how you get more visible is, is that you, you want to communicate. You want to communicate in multiple ways, uh, written, podcasts, videos, in person, um, because not everybody learns the same way or has the same preferences when it comes to communication. But the important thing is not to be seen, to be the center of, a, of attention. The most important thing is to make sure that the, the communication that you're providing is of value to them. What is, what's in it for me, right? If you're sharing news, why are those news good for the industry? Why are they good for the company? And if they're bad news, because sometimes you have to share bad news, don't sugarcoat them. Tell them, decide what the bad news are and what are you going to do about it? Yeah. Right. And how can we together change the future as opposed to waiting for the future to happen to you? That goes a long way in leadership. Absolutely. Um, well, Renee, if you think back to, you know, your early days as a, a young sales rep, you know, out in the field, what were some of the things that you focused on or did to really kind of kickstart your career and kind of quickly move into management and executive management? I get asked that question often, believe it or not. And um, one way of asking the question was, they asked me, Renee, how do you get a motivated team? And I, I said, well, you hire a motivated team. That's that's the key to success. So if you don't have the right people in the seat, get the right people. Yeah, It's as simple as that. I, I, there's many things that you can teach. Uh, work ethic, it's really hard to teach. Um, that's one of the things that that you you bring with you. I can teach you how to sell. I can teach you technology. I can teach you many things, but to to have that work ethic and and be an upbeat and self self starter, you bring that with you. Yeah, yeah. I know one of the very first uh, jobs that I had, I had a paper route, and man, if uh, that you, most kids can't do that anymore today, but you know, having a paper route as a kid, I don't know, let's say fourteen years old, maybe fourteen to fifteen. That is responsibility, and uh, you just diligently every single day you have to show up and do it, whether or not it's raining or you're tired or maybe you're out late the night before playing video games. You know, I just wish you know I, I don't know what that version is today, uh, but I do think you know get figuring out. Like, a lot of us are parents. If there's a way, and I think about this all the time, if there's a way I could give my kids that experience now, and they won't even know the benefits they're getting. But it is so powerful. I agree. And I think that the paper route is a great example, right? People don't, th- th- we, we can't give our kids a paper route, but I think that there's other ways. One example, I'll give you a personal example is that my daughter, she's in her twenties and she's studying art and uh, she's now our social media manager. Oh, cool. So she's grinding it out online, right? We, we, you and I used to grind it out on a bicycle, you know, dropping uh, papers, just grinding it out. Uh, virtually, because that's today's world. Yeah. So she, she's learning that, and I truly believe that that work ethic starts at home. Yeah, I totally agree. Well, so Renee, you've had uh, some large organizations, everything from kind of just a regional sales manager to running an entire SMB team, entire North American team, entire channel team, uh, all very different roles and responsibilities. But when you think and you look back at some of the the people within your organization, what are some of the habits that you saw from some of the top sales reps and really the top performers in any of those teams? Top performers, they were great listeners. Mm -hmm. They were curious, always learning, listen to understand, not to respond. It sounds like a cliche, but they did it well. And customers noticed, We, we all noticed. When somebody is asking you a question and you're just waiting for them to finish so you can say whatever you were gonna say, what did that have to do with your question, right? Yeah. G- great salespeople 
uh, build rapport. They got in uh, at a at a personal level, not too too personal, of course, but the, to the point that they earned trust and understanding what people were looking for, and then being experts, masters of their craft, know your your business, know your stuff. So now you you attentively listen to somebody's needs. Then you match it to your capabilities, and they came back with something that just fit. And they now they have trust. So you have a great solution. You listened. So it matches. You know what is it that? What are the hot buttons for them? Because they tell you if if you just listen attentively, they will. Um, or if you ask the right questions and listen attentively, they will. Uh, and then match match it to to your solution. Uh, usually ended up in a great deal and. And I saw that the best reps, when they did it well, it was masterful. It was like watching uh, uh, an opera, right? Uh, it was extremely well executed. They never had to give a discount. Yeah. They said, this is what you need. This is what I have. We'll be the best. Sign here. Three three copies. Press hard, right? <laughs> and they, they did it well and they did it over and over again because they they, they had that that immediate gratification that they did a good job. So they wanted to do it again. And it was, it was a self-fulfilling prophecy. So going back to the trust point of it, what are some things that you saw them do, or maybe you do yourself to help build that trust? Because I do think that's incredibly important in continuing that sales process. I, I say this all the time and I mean it. I am probably the worst salesperson out there because I'm never out there to sell anyone. Nobody wants to be sold to. Everybody loves to buy, but nobody wants to be sold to. So just don't sell. And if you know what I mean is um, if I'm pitching and pitching and pitching, I'm not going to earn your trust, right? I'm trying to dig into your pockets. But if I'm listening to understand and I know what it is that you need, and if I can help you, I tell you. And if I can't, I find somebody who, who can, right? Hey, I can do A, B, and C, but I cannot do D. But I know Chris who can do D, and I can bring him in if you want. Like, well, wait a minute. This guy is not in it for just himself. He wants to help me. Uh, that's that's a great a great person to be around, and if you're a salesperson, even better. Yeah. I want to break in with this quick commercial from me. I am very excited to announce that we have our first multifamily real estate deal for the year. This is a really nice boutique 88 unit complex in Tempe, Arizona, which is an incredibly strong submarket of the Phoenix area. And we are partnered with my friend Reed and his company at the RSN Group. They're the, the ones that found the deal. And they also have another asset uh, very close by this particular property. Uh, investment spots on this one, they're going to fill up quickly because it is also structured to accept 1031 exchanges. And there's a number of exchanges out there right now looking for a home. So if you're interested, just contact us through hightechfreedom.com or you could book a call using the link in the show notes. And even if you just want to learn a little bit more about the investing process, let's chat. I'm happy to share and follow up with some educational resources. Now back to the show. You know, I do feel the business is changing a little bit. You know, how do you balance that though with that that sales manager that needs the quarterly forecast, the monthly forecast, the weekly forecast, you know, it's that constant grind of delivering on the numbers. I think that's where technology comes in, Chris, because one of the things that I told, um, and I tell everybody in sales, even today, is that if technology is not given back to you, you're using it wrong. What, what do you mean? 
let's say that you have a, a customer relationship management system, a CRM, yeah. uh, whether it's, it's Salesforce or, or HubSpot or, you know, take your pick, right? If, if you use it, just so management can see the reporting and the forecast and the deals, right? Big Brother's watching. And it becomes a grind. It becomes a time suck. It becomes that something that you have to do because my boss wants me to. You're using it wrong. Mm-hmm. If you use it to organize your life, right? These are the things that I need to do this week, the things that I need to do today. These are my goals. If I, if I make this many calls, I know that my personal average is if I call a hundred people, I'm going to get this many meetings. And if I get this many meetings, I'm going to on average get this many deals. Well, that gives back to me because I know that I have to make a hundred calls. And did I make them or not? It makes me accountable, right? And it organizes my life, like who, who you're going to call. If you're a salesperson, the, you know, one of the things that you want to do when I know is I wake up in the morning, who are you going to call and, and, and why, right? What is it that they need? At, at least at the beginning of the sales process. But then even more important, it's you and I are having this conversation and you tell me things about your, you know, personal things because we build rapport. And I have so many conversations that it's going to be humanly impossible uh, for some people, at least, to remember all these details. I'm going to put them in the CRM. And when I call you back, I'm going to ask you about your kids and say, hey, you, you didn't give him a paper route. Uh, what did you decide to do? And you're going to say, man, this guy remember that. Well, no, I didn't. Technology remembered, right? So now I'm using technology to benefit you know, what I do as an individual. So when you do that, technology gives back. And, and that's what I call um, a salesperson on steroids, mm-hmm. right? A salesperson that uses technology properly is, is a super agent. Yeah. Well, I, um, I recorded an earlier episode, I think near when the podcast started, and the topic was around, as a sales professional, having your own CRM. So not relying on the company's CRM, because at the end of the day, you're building a career of contacts. And just you know, relying on your cell phone to keep them, relying on some company's Salesforce implementation to keep them. Uh, you know, that's your; those are your relationships. I mean, you can still put them in Salesforce; that's fine. But you know, over a twenty-five year career, ideally, you're nurturing some people that start off as you know they're early in their career, and twenty years later, they're running a company, and you've nurtured that relationship, and you you have a business relationship, and it's one of those kind of to your point, supercharging your sales ability uh, you know it starts with uh you know the people and you know how you build those relationships not over a year or over a career or over a job but over a career i i agree with that right and, and back in the day when you were delivering a paper people had rolodexes today <laughs> they have their own crm so i right. totally agree with that too funny. Well, hey, shifting gears a little bit, Renee. So you um you left uh, Iron Mountain and you went and ran sales for Staples, a pretty well-known brand. And you took on a really uh, challenging situation with really high ter- employee turnover, revenue uh, shrinking. Just curious, what were some of the keys to turning around that entire sales organization? Yeah, that, that was a lot of work. We start there. It wasn't easy. If you remember back in the news, um, Staples tried to purchase or acquire Office Depot a couple of times. Yeah. So right when I joined, it was when they had just been declined or not approved to acquire Office Depot for the second time. And, and morale was bottom. I mean, it was, it was terrible, right? People were disillusioned with the industry. They, they, they were defeated because, you know, they failed again. So you had this aura of, of defeat in the entire organization. Mm. 
So the first thing that we, we had to do is make sure that uh, people had a north. Like, why am I here? And, and is there a bright future? Literally, we said that the future is bright and we, we held the whole theme around it. But it wasn't just about the touchy-feely, you know, let's give the, the team and pump them up that, that the future is going to be bright. What, what is the path to get us from where we are to where we want to be? And we created a plan that says, in three years, these are the things that we're going to do to get to be what we want to be. And uh, it was very well thought out. It took investment. Uh, it took a lot of execution. It's a big company with resources. And, and we were given the resources to do it, which is, you know, a great thing. Technology played a huge role because it was um, inside sales. And we wanted to do more, less outside, more inside because of the cost of acquisition, speed, and all of that. But if you're an inside sales, um, technology is the most important thing other than people and customers. Technology is just that's a tool. You wake up in the morning and you fire up your computer to work, right? It's that important. You cannot do the job without a computer. And not having the right tech stack, tool stack, um, was one of the problems. So we changed a whole lot of technology, made sure that everything integrated. And they were sitting on a mountain of data that they were not mining. Pretty much anybody in the United States at some point had bought something from Staples. Sure. So we, we knew, and, and for businesses, which we, you know, we were focused on, we knew who bought, why they, you know, when they stopped buying, what did they buy last? Did they buy a, a computer, a, a printer three years ago? Maybe they need a new one right now. Like all this data you can start mining. So we did. We, we created databases to start mining them and we created plays uh, to execute depending on the industries and created groups of people that became experts at one thing or several things. And, and they focus on doing that one thing. Like if you wanted to sell to uh, K through 12 and education, well, we created experts to do that. So when they spoke to that industry, they knew the lingo and they were very successful at doing that. And, and we repeated that in, in major verticals. But one thing that we had to do as well was, and this was difficult, but again, we had to make sure that we had the right people mm. and that they were there for the right reason. And now you're looking at a company that had been around for a long time that was very nurturing to employees. Um, and I'm, I'm very nurturing myself. That's one of my flaws. You know, I big heart, right? But sometimes if the person is not a fit, you have to have that conversation and empowering the managers to have that conversation as a, as an executive leader. And, you know, how do you permeate this, this thought process that we care about them? We care about everyone. But if, if I, if I don't know how to play piano, don't make me play piano. You're, you're not setting me up for success. And by the way, I can't play piano, right? Uh, I wish I could. I tried to make my kids play piano. It didn't take. Same. <laughs> we, we live through them, right? Um, so if that's not the thing, and it's a right, it's, it's a right person. Can we give them something else to do in the company that where they would be successful and probably happier? And if not, then can we help them in finding the right path? If it's not this company, maybe it's a different company. Like, how can we make everybody successful, even if it's not in that company? But if you're in the company, if you're on the team, you have to be here for the right reasons, with the right skill set, with the right mindset, doing the right thing at the right time, because we have goals to reach. Right. Um, and you have to adopt to change. So change management was huge. Having a plan for success, it was it was critical and uh relentless execution of the strategy. And when we and we we kept to the critical few. Because some people come up with KPIs and you have I don't know 12, 30 KPIs. 
And I tell people there's a difference between KPIs and metrics. A metric is anything you can measure. That's a metric. A KPI is a metric with a goal or a benchmark. And you cannot give people 20 goals, right? Yeah, well, yeah. So we made it very simple. And we make sure that they understood their comp plan because nobody did. We made sure that they understood how to be successful and what they had to do to be successful. And when they did, they just executed. And but voila, you know, uh, next thing you know, it's the best thing out there. Back to number one in the industry. It, w- it sounds really easy. Uh, it wasn't super complex as, as I explain it, but the sheer magnitude of it, the size of it is what made it so much complex. Yeah. And by the way, you're doing that as you're also competing against a big cloud company up in Seattle called Amazon that's ramping up and becoming a a go-to for many of the things that you were selling. So yeah, so I understand you were able to get it back to double-digit growth, which is fantastic. So Renee, what are you doing nowadays? Well, um, I've always been a real estate investor. Uh, Me and my wife have have lived in different countries and um, had different kids in different countries. So I told her that we had to stop moving because we couldn't have any more kids. And, and we moved to Florida. We live here by choice, South Florida. And uh, and she has been an interior designer for over 20 years. And we decided to take our passion. What is it that we love to do? We love to travel. We we love, you know, seeing new places. If you ask us, you know, where's your new vacation? Somewhere we've never been, right? That's us. And we take our kids everywhere. We want them to see the world. And we 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 hired property managers to manage our properties, rental properties, long-term and short-term. And and decided that this is something that we could do ourselves for our properties and others. And um, we bought a franchise. First. We bought a franchise called iTrip. And uh, we own uh, the territory in Fort Lauderdale and my wife and I. And as a company, we have over 4,000 properties under management. And uh, the company has been around for 14 years. And it's one of the top 10 in the U.S. and top 20 in the world. So it's a great thing. And now we're doing what we love. So when it comes to freedom... We, we leverage technology quite a bit. It, it's a technology business um, because when you b- go look for a property, you go online yeah. to the online travel agencies, whether it's vacation rental by owner or Marriott or Hopper or, of course, Airbnb. And, and there's hundreds of them. And you want to make sure that, that the properties that you manage, that you're renting out for others, let's say that you own a property, you give it to us, you trust it. You trust us to, to to manage it for you. We have to find you guests. So lots of marketing goes in, into play. So here we are, you know, with, with decades of experience that we've amassed over the years in doing this for big uh, Fortune 500 corporations. Can we do it for ourselves as a franchise and, you know, a part of this bigger business? And that's what we're doing, and we're loving every minute of it. And so these are all vacation rentals that uh, you're managing and booking for people. They are, they are. So everybody that comes to us, they come to us because they want to have a good time. Yeah. Well, Renee, I'm curious. So did you... Can't beat that. No, you cannot beat it. Did you start this when you were working with you know Staples or Iron Mountain, or when did you start... The I trip. No, uh, well, we we've always been investors, regardless of the job, because as you know, um, your four hundred one k only goes so far, and you want to make sure that that you are investing early in your career for your retirement, and the social security is not going to cut it, yeah, and your four hundred one k is not going to cut it, and if you want to match your standard of living, you you better be investing uh, in something that that gives you right the right returns, and the stock market's okay. But real estate is better, mm-hmm. uh, right? Yeah. 
And, you know, and it, uh, I, I totally agree with you. you know, it's something that I was fortunate to get introduced to 21 years ago. And, uh, you know, besides my 401k and my matching, everything else, you know, went into real estate and, uh, you know, it's, it's worked out really well. Well, Renee, so first of all, if anybody's planning to take a vacation to Florida and you're looking for a rental, go check out iTrip Vacations. And, uh, you know, I think you're just mostly in Florida, right? Uh, we're all over the U.S. and Canada. Okay. 150 destinations, all of us franchisees all together. Me, I'm in Fort Lauderdale uh, in South Florida. And if you go to itrip.net, you're going to see beautiful properties that you can rent direct uh, without having to pay a booking fee. So that's a trick of the trade. You get it less expensive when you book direct. Love it. I love it. Well, hey, Renee, as we get close to wrapping up here, we talked a little bit about, uh, you know, freedom. You know, what does what does a long term future look like for you? What does freedom mean to you as you continue to uh, to do what you do? Well, this this is it. I, I am living the dream, Chris. This is my dream, right? We built it, and we are we're building wealth that survives us, so we can give it to our kids. And uh, whether it's you know giving them property, giving them a business, if they want to keep it, sell it, that's up onto them. But we're we're building a legacy uh, very quickly. We're building a legacy that that we can give to them because for us, that's what life is all about. And freedom is doing what you like mm -hmm. and what you love. And I've loved every job I've had. I've never done anything that I don't want to do or don't like doing. I'm very passionate about what can I do, as you can tell. And um, and doing this, I, I get to do it with my wife. So it doesn't get any better. She gets to boss me around. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She. I noticed you're the COO. She must be the CEO. <laughs> so. yeah, you got that right. Yes. Uh, good times. Well, Renee, if somebody would like to uh, get in touch with, with you, what's the best way to reach out? The best way to reach out is uh, to just to call us 1-833-ITRIP-FL, uh, 1-833-487-4735. Or uh, you can go online to itrip.net and uh, look for Austin for Lauderdale and send us an email uh, or text us at 954-526-1455. You can reach us uh, by by plane, you can reach us by by train. I don't know how that song goes. Yeah, it's just if you can. Uh, we're online. Uh, we're on Facebook. We're on, on Instagram. We're on every social media platform. We're everywhere. Excellent. Well, Renee, really nice to catch up, and thanks for sharing some of your career experience and advice. And uh, it was nice talking to you. Have a great day. You too, Chris. Take care. Thanks again for joining us today. To get more sales and real estate tips, you can subscribe to our newsletter at hightechfreedom.com. You can also join our private Facebook and LinkedIn group that is exclusively for sales professionals. If you found a nugget of good information in the podcast, please subscribe, give us a positive rating and write a review. If there is a topic that you would like us to cover in the future, please send us a note through our website at hightechfreedom.com. Until next week, make this your best week ever.